Welcome to episode 94 of Drew's Sports Crew here on this Monday night. Yes, it's a Monday night. I almost said Sunday night because that's how we roll here usually on that Sunday. But of course, yesterday being a holiday for many and you know everyone still celebrating holidays. Happy had a great one, but kind of has moved a lot of things around here on the podcast. But no worries. Myself, Drew Skyberg, is here to bring you the news in the sports world. As always, for this this week here, this upcoming week, the past week we'll be discussing, uh, as always, too. But look, um, the big thing I want to highlight, of course, six episodes away from episode 100. Definitely will be a celebration on that one. We also have a $10 giveaway to do today for the, you know, the Drew Sports Crew Holiday Giveaway. Right? I mean, we have um, for people who I, I want to thank everyone who participated and subscribing to YouTube and following the TikTok for a giveaway entry, or you just did one, you got one entry. If you did both, you got two. So I want to thank everyone who participated in on that. But a lot of things is, is basically what I'm saying. We have to discuss, and I'll get right into it here. I'll save the announcements for the end of the episode, Monday Night Football, those coming up. So um, we'll, we'll move this episode you know, we'll move it along for those who want to be watching that one. And first, we're going to start, as always, in the world of high school basketball in the Eastern Wisconsin Conference is where we'll go after that. We'll go talk about the Milwaukee Bucks performance on Christmas Day, and then we'll talk the Green Bay Packers. So we'll, we'll, we'll do it like that. We'll go basketball, basketball, football is how this episode will go. And let's go now. Eastern Wisconsin Conference girls basketball. I will go through it as we always do here on the show. Eastern Wisconsin Conference standing report for girls basketball features the brilliant Lions on top of the conference. 5-0 and in conference. 7-1 and overall is the brilliant Lions. Chilton 4-1 in conference. 7-2 and overall. New Holstein 4-2 in conference. 6-2 and overall. Keel. Three and two in conference, five and five overall. Sheboygan Falls, two and three in conference, six and four overall. Valders, two and four in conference, four and seven overall. Roncalli, one and four in conference, three and six overall. And then Two Rivers rounds it out, 0 oh and five in conference, one and nine overall. Let's go to your stats now. And I mentioned how New Holstein is dominating it, and you guessed it, they are still on top. Uh, the New Holstein Huskies, Grace Shizzle. 23 points per game. Allison Kakis, 22.5, is in second. Peyton Grenzer, 16.4 a game. Adeline Hurl, 16.3 a game. Megan Schumann rounds it out, 15.4 points per game. Rebounds, Peyton Grenzer, 14.5. She is on top. Addison Schwilly, 13.1. And then Adeline Hurl, 12.2. In the assist department, Alyssa Wolfel leads the way, 5.6 assists per game for her. Allison Kakis, 4.5. And Olivia Shue, 4.4. Is it just me or like assist numbers seem to be up this year? Honestly, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about him in, in on the boys' side, but for Brilliant, Parker Brown is 6.9 assists per game. When I say 6.9, you know, think about like think about a seven, right? Um, I, I just am shocked, you know, seven 
seven assists per game at the high school level for me is just that, that's crazy. I mean, that's that's a crazy number to think about. And then even on the girls' side, Alyssa with five point six. Well, you know, think of it as six six assists, five. You know, you want to round it up. I'm just you know. I think some crazy numbers on the assist side. I'll get well, again. We'll talk more about boys, but um, first on the girls' part, I want to touch on. You know, the past week we had some cancellations, so you might have noticed not not a huge shift in standings at all, quite frankly. But we do have some in, exciting matchups coming up. We have we have games back tomorrow, and those games, a lot of non-conference. This is the time of the year, as we know, you get the non-con. Um, Got some good ones. We have Algoma and Brilliant squaring off at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon slash evening. We have that random Lake Keel game, 6.30. That should be a good one. There, That's at Keel. Campbell Sports Rebellion falls at 7. That kind of wraps up your Tuesday slate. We have two rivers in Mantua through on Thursday. That's at 5 o'clock. Then we have Roncalli in Reedsville. That's at 6.30. Valders and Howard's Grove at 6.30 as well. That one at Howard's Grove. The other one, Roncalli, Reedsville at Reedsville. On Friday, we have some question marks. We have Valders at to be determined. Who knows if a game's going on there? I th- I thought that was the, sh- what's it called? The Shano Sundrop Shootout. It's not in Shano. It's at the Crest Center. They call it the Sundrop Shootout. Um, they play the games. I think Valders, that might be a game. I don't know why. I They usually play Wrightstown, so I don't know what's going on there, but we'll have to investigate that one. Roncalli, Mantuak, Lutheran on Friday at 5 o'clock is that one. And then 6.30 p.m., Two Rivers and Reedsville. That's the last game of the 2022 year as the next game featuring an EWC team will take place January 3rd, 2023. So... That's kind of it here for girls. As I mentioned, I'll just to do a brief recap. Brilliant, Schulte, New Holstein are those top three teams of the conference. Brilliant, of course, being the favorite. Schulte and New Holstein are making some noise, though. They are they're putting up some good fights and they're playing some good teams. They're playing very well. So, you know, they are they're challengers to Brilliant, is what I would put them as. Keel, Sheboygan Falls, Valders, those are your middle teams. And, you know, I think Keel has set themselves apart. Keel and maybe maybe Sheboygan Falls you want to throw in there from Valders and Ron Colley. You know, if you want to put them a tier above, I can understand that. Otherwise, right, Valders, Ron Colley are those kind of two tiers, you know, the tier below that. And then you have two rivers rounding it out there, hoping the Raiders, right, can gain some momentum here in, in the conference play. They certainly haven't had an easy schedule, as we know, but uh, two rivers, you know, girls basketball the last few years have put together some really good teams. Of course, they still have Allison Kakis. They have they have overall, you know, have put together teams that can, you know, put up a lot of points. You know, it's always seem to have someone in the assist column as well. Not this year, or actually, yeah, this year with Allison Kakis, but um, you know, some good teams as always in the EWC, and certainly rooting for them to go far. Let's go to the the boys' side here. The boys also had some cancellations last week, as we know, impacted due to weather. Also, you know, not much movement in the standings because of it, but. I can tell you the Brilliant Lions are still undefeated in boys basketball in you know overall and in conference 5 and 0 are those Lions 8 and 0 overall for them. Keel 4 and 1 in conference 5 and 1 overall. Valders 3 and 2 in conference 5 and 3 overall. 
Ron Cowley, three and two in conference, three and three overall. Two Rivers, two and three in conference, five and three overall. Holstein, two and three in conference, two and six overall. Sheboygan Falls, one and four in conference, one and five overall. And then Chilton rounds it out, 0 and five in conference, two and seven overall. Points per game leaders, you guessed it, Jeremy Lorenz is on top, 21.8 a game for him. Brady Richards, 18.8 points per game for him. Cole Hovey, 18.1. He is in third. Pierce Arns, 16.2. Max Miller of Chilton rounds it out, 15.4. And the rebounds per game, you guessed it, Grant Munns on top, 14.0 rebounds per game for him. Jeremy Lorenz in second, 12.1. Cole Hovey of Elders, 9.8 in third. And again, I mentioned this number already, 6.9 assists per game, basically seven assists for Parker Brown. I think that's, I'll do some digging in the stats, but I do think that is going to be, you know, that is the highest amount we've seen. It feel. I mean, I, let me see if I got some, like, I'll, I'll go, I know we're early in the year, but if we, if I just go to two seasons ago, I took two seasons ago, 2020, 2021. The assist per game leader was Bryce Peterson, 4.1 assists. And then if we just go even back to last season, I'll give you the numbers. 5.4 assists for Pierce Arns was the high, which 5.4, you know, assist and a half higher is Pierce or is um, Parker Brown. But think uh, think about that assist and a half higher, you know, at when you, when you're already averaging, you know, 6.9 assists or you're averaging five and a half, you know, that's pretty big margin. Um, I do think, you know, is that 6.9 assists per game sustainable? I hope so. It'd be cool. Uh, I have to talk with Robert in the stats slash record department to see what was the highest we've seen since that or what's the highest the EWC in a whole has seen. So we'll get on that. But Austin Kramer is in second, 4.7. He, he might be, you know, any other years could be number one, right? I mean, number one in the conference is kind of the point I'm making. So, you know, Austin Kramer, Pierce Arts, these guys – Playing well, you know, passing the ball well. They're they're doing great things with the ball in their hands, is what I'm saying. But you know, just just not their year to be the, the assist guy when a guy like Parker Brown of Brilliant steps in and you know has played very well this year offensively and even of course on the defensive side as well. This team, you know, Brilliant has they have a lot of weapons. We've talked about it, but we'll go we'll go to the schedule here. I'll talk more about the standings and the tiers in a second, but. Luxembourg Casco and Brilliant is that game. That is tomorrow at five o'clock. Is you'll find that one. That's at Brilliant. Ron Colley travels to St. Mary Springs. Two Rivers goes to Utsburg. And then, then we got Wednesday. We got a double header for Brilliant. They host both of them. So, you know, no worries for them. Kettle Moraine Lutheran wants a challenge. They'll travel up to Brilliant, face them there. This Wrightstown Valders one for. Or hold on. I do think that Kettle Moraine Lutheran Brilliant game that is that is a part of the the Sundrop shootout. Uh, if they still sponsor it, the, well, the game in at the Crest Center, I believe Kettle Moraine Lutheran Brilliant that that's where that is. Wrightstown and Valders, they that is also there. I'm gonna say unless there's some other tournament going on, they do. Uh, Two Rivers is they play a to be determined. A matchup on Wednesday as well, and then Ron Colley hosts one. Maybe there's something going on. Two Rivers in the past, I believe, has done some sort of tournament in midseason. Otherwise, you know, Valders historically has gone to 
the Crest Center, some other schools as well, but I just know Valders. Um, we have New Holstein Random Lake. We have Kiel Mantuak Lutheran. And then on Thursday, we have Random Lake Kiel, New Holstein Mantuak Lutheran, Campbellsport Sheboygan Falls. And that wraps it up, you know, until 2023. But so, you know, that stretch of non con games we talked about, you'll see some good ones here. Intrigued to see that Valor's New Holstein or Valor's Right Sound one. Also, that Calmarine Lutheran Brilliant should be exciting matchups. Also, want to see how Ron Colley plays St. Mary Springs. I think that's one to keep in mind. Otherwise, let's, you know, talk those tiers. Let's talk those standing. Here we go in the. For the boys, brilliant. Of course, you got to put right one at one. You know, I don't even need the letter A or B. Brilliant. You know, the challengers, you got to say Keel's the top challenger. And then, you know, maybe a half step, maybe a full step, you say Valders. Um, those are kind of those top three teams. It's really right. Brilliant. And then Keel and Valders being challengers. Um, Keel beat, beat Valders first time around, but lost to Brilliant because Valders did as well. But that's where you got to put Keel a step up of Valders. That head to head means. Something there. Roncalli, though, right? I mean, although Valors, Roncalli have the same conference record, uh, Valders won by like 24 over Roncalli. Certainly, you got to put Roncalli or Valors, you know, a step or two ahead of uh, Valors, a step or two ahead of Roncalli. Roncalli, Two Rivers is kind of in the same tier for me, right? Two Rivers winning that head to head matchup. And then I'd move, I'd say, you know, New Holstein maybe. I think I'd say two rivers over New Holstein, and then I'd put New Holstein, Sheboygan Falls, and the Val, and then Chilton, rounding that out um, in my tier list there. But overall, I'd say on the the boys' side, it's you know kind of it's it's what we expected. It honestly is. Uh, we saw, we thought Brilliant was going to be that team to beat, and then on top of it, right, we have Keelan Valders in the mix. Ron Colley was kind of that middle team. We we knew kind of what we were going to get out of them, not really. Uh, we knew a lot of people were graduating. We knew a lot of, you know, turnover was on that team, of course, with a new coach as well. Two Rivers, you know, Brady Richards has been a standout for the EWC, 18.8 a game. Uh, not many thought he was going to be second in the conference in scoring, so credit to Richards on that. I mean, New Holstein, it's kind of been, you know, through these these last few years, you know, after those 2017, 2018 years, uh, they've had a lot of, you know, They've had some talented players. They still do, right? But they it's just been been a struggle at times and they're two and six overall right now. They also, you know, tend to play a fairly tough non con schedule. Gotta highlight that. And then Shawaken Falls Chilton. Again, they rounded out. But yeah, these assist numbers, I will get on that. Six point nine assists per game is crazy. On top of that, you get five point six for the girls' side. So Robert Schimmick will be on that. I promise you that. We'll go and we'll talk about professional basketball now. We're going to take a, two steps up, not not just a step, maybe two and a half, whatever you call G League, if you include that with the NBA. But nonetheless, we are talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, I talked about this road trip. I did. Now, I mentioned, you know, I'm not putting the Bucks at one because the Bucks have a tough road trip coming up. Boston had a tough road trip. Boston handled it, you know. Not so well, but Boston handled it as well as the Bucks did. And what happened was, you know, tuck it, touch it on the Bucks side. The Bucks they win in New Orleans. They win that tough one. They played an excellent game of basketball through the forty-eight minutes. Uh, they, you know, the story. They they dig themselves in a huge hole 
and they make this great comeback with eight minutes left, but it's not enough. Uh, we saw that in Cleveland. Uh, that was a prime example. They're down was 20 plus. Uh, cut it so they lose by eight. And then we see them w- with Brooklyn. You know, that game, that game got a little off hand in the third. They brought it back. Eh, kind of just kept opening and closing the, that door for a comeback. But, you know, Brooklyn played well at home and then doesn't get any easier. You go to Boston on Sunday on Christmas and Boston did what they did in game seven in the finals. They shot the ball lights out. They put up 139 points on the Bucks. The Bucks score 118. Bucks score their second most points they did in the last week, but they lose by 21. And that's, you know, you can credit, you know, the offense, but honestly, uh, it was, it was not a good performance of the defense. Um, a lot of perimeter shots, a lot of open perimeter shots, um, a lot of mismatches that were taken advantage of by Boston. You know, I thought that was something that was underrated. And Giannis also, not going to say he didn't play bad. I mean, he didn't play bad. He didn't play necessarily good, though. He didn't play the Giannis level, um, which, you know, credit Boston. They have, they have the personnel to defend Giannis, and they've been able to do so. You know, successfully the last few years. No Chris Middleton. I, I you can play that excuse card totally fair, right? But um, you know, this is the regular season, so we're not gonna put too much on these games. I honestly, you know, not worry about losing this road trip. This is the toughest stretch of three games they'll have all year. Or tough you know, even toughest four stretch four game stretch. New Orleans, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Boston, all four on the road. Four good teams. Um I'll honestly I can go through the rest of the schedule. I don't see I don't see a tough three-game stretch as tough as that because, you know, you get Brooklyn at home in March, but then you have two days off or you have a day off, and then you go to Golden State. I mean, if you want to consider that tough, um, you also have, like, you have go from Golden State to Sacramento-Phoenix. Not terrible. Um, of course, the Sacramento-Phoenix back-to-back is not ideal, but honestly, you know, this is this is the toughest it gets as you know, there are four straight games on the road against four good teams. Yeah, you know, you get the rest of them on mostly at home. You get a better balance as well, on top of that. So, not worried if you're a Bucks fan. Please don't be worried. Don't be worried about you know Grayson Allen might have not played the best this past week. Javon Carter also not a good week from him. But I'm telling you, relax. No reason to be worried. And we have a good schedule coming up this week. We got three games on the slate. We go to Chicago. Bucks get some good off days. They go to Chicago on Wednesday at 7 o'clock against the struggling Bulls. It's a good matchup for the Bucks, And then home sweet home Friday, December 30th against Minnesota. So not mad. You know, you have a, you have a good matchup there at home against Minnesota. And then Sunday, you get the Wizards. You get a back-to-back against the Wizards Sunday, Tuesday. So the new year starts off right with a victory against the Wizards. I got the Bucks going 3-0 this week. They are going undefeated. Nice bounce back. They're going to go to 25 and 11. That's the other thing. They only have 11 losses. They're 22 and 11 through 33. Can't go wrong. No complaints from me. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's it for the Bucks. You'll see my power rankings up tomorrow. I'm going to have to move the Bucks a few spots down. Honestly, I, I really want to keep my two. I mean, it's unpopular. I know they lose three straight on the road, but how? look to the teams they lost to. I honestly might move them down to three or four, but I'm really struggling to find a team I can put, you know, at two, you know, or two or three above them. Not even, you know, it's, you can say bias, but look, look last week, where are the Bucks? They weren't number one. 
I I do my best to you know provide provide you know unbiased fair power rankings when I'm going through it. It's just I'm looking at these teams. I'm looking at road trips. I'm looking at ways you know I can give a team an edge over the other team or you know just trying to put it all in perspective on that note. But we're gonna touch on the Christmas Day win for the Green Bay Packers against the Miami Dolphins. And in this one, it was, you know, it was a thriller. I'd say um, this game was that classic, you know, Packer game. It's like you, you're questioning what they're doing. You're like, okay, we just faked a punt on a fourth and two at our own 20. And we just, and the, the fake punt was a direct snap and a run up the middle. Like it was like, what is going on? Um, that was one for me also, you know, a fourth and maybe one it was on like their 30. It's like, okay, we're going to, and then Rogers throws a 30 yard pass. It's like, no, we need a yard. You know, we need the yard. We don't need the 30 yards. We don't need that bomb to Christian Watson. We need that. We need that Mercedes Lewis, you know, play action thing that we saw for a touchdown. Obviously that probably doesn't work in that setting, but just my point is we, we need, we need one yard. We don't need the 30. Um, so I do think, you know, more situational play calling. I think that would really help the Packers out because, sure, right? They get the touchdown there in that bomb. You know, I, yeah, I'd be thinking, you know, high, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, but like, I, I think there still has to be a, a better balance of situational play calling. Right, that fourth and two. You know, you're already, you're already faking it from your own twenty. Why not? Why not pass it? Why not do something? You already, you know, I don't see the idea of doing the run there. Is all for me, but um, I'll, I'll dive into the stats a little here. Um, there's some concern with Aaron Jones. Um, if he's healthy, six carries only. Like he didn't look healthy when he was out there. Uh, it was concerned for me. Only two targets, two, just not involved whatsoever. Um, the red zone work went to AJ Dillon, two, 11 for 36 was Dillon, 3.3 in attempt, attempt, and I mentioned that touchdown. I'll go back to the quarterback play, though, for Rodgers. 24-38, 238 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That interception was that good. It wasn't. I mean, it was. It was should have been DPI, in my opinion. Rodgers, I thought, though, you know, he made, he had his best throw of the year to Mercedes Lewis. Maybe, you know, top, top two, top three. Maybe it's not number one, but that one stands up or sets up in my mind um, as number one. Other otherwise, I thought that Dylan played a good game. You know, Watson unfortunately got hurt. He had eight targets, still only playing like a half, was it? Uh, Alan Lazard had eleven targets. Lazard had a drop, you know. Wasn't pleased with the Lazard performance. He had the volume, but like, you know, he had eleven targets, got five of them. Obviously, it's not all his fault, but certainly thought he could have done more. Romeo Dobbs had a drop too. Actually, yeah, you know, I've been I've been disappointed with Dobbs' play to be honest. Um, haven't been really impressed with what I've seen. Patrick Taylor had a nice 17 yard reception. Robert Tunyon only two targets. AJ Dillon three targets. I mentioned Aaron Jones too. Randall Cobb only two. Josiah DeGuara had that one for four yards. But um, what else do I got? I have that Jaron Reed fumble recovery on defense. I wanted to touch on the defense. You know, we had four turnovers in this one. Credit Jaron Reed on that one. 
Plus he had a sack. Preston Smith had a sack. Preston Smith played very well in this one. Thought Adrian Amos, you know, he played well, honestly, in that secondary. I know he had a lot of tackles because they were throwing the ball deep, but go back. He he had a very good he had a very good game. I was very pleased with what I saw from him. Quay Walker had decent, you know, he had pressure, but not much from him in this one. I thought Devontae Wyatt kind of had a standout game for him. Maybe one of his best games of the year. We'll have to wait to see what Pro Football Focus says on that one. But honestly, I was pleased with what we saw from Wyatt in this one. Interception-wise, we talked to the turnovers. It was Jair Alexander, Devondre Campbell, and Rasul Douglas. Let's talk about those kick returns. Wow. Right? I mean, wow is what every Packer fan was saying in their mind. Because Sean Nixon... Uh, returns two of them for an average of 56 and a half yards. I know 93 is the long, so it's a little inflated, but the other one was great too. They actually squibbed it. I mean, you can, you just got to talk about the value of a powerful kick returner in terms of when they squib it because they're scared of his return and the Packers get good field position because the squib and up turning like a, a kind of an onside kind of night. Right? I mean, it's so valuable. Like those are the plays that aren't in the statute. That's not in the statute that I'm reading right now. Uh, they, those are those are winning plays. Those are plays that win you the game, you know. And Packers, another reason why they win twenty six twenty, just things like that. Hopefully, Nixon is doing a lot, you know, doing well. I haven't looked at the injury reports yet, and we're not going to really have more insight until tomorrow. I feel so looking for him and Aaron Jones on that. And when I say tomorrow, I'm talking Tuesday, the twenty seventh of December. So Dobbs goes back there, tries to play hero ball. That you, everyone knows that Dobbs' return was terrible. Um, Should have just. You know, took the knee in the end zone. Uh, his teammates told him to. We saw it. Not ideal. Randall Cobb returning punts. I'm for it. I think that's. I think that's the approach that needs to be made. Crosby four for four on field goals. He made 14 points himself. Pat O'Donnell had to only pound once this once in the game. 46 yards. We'll talk about Miami, right? I mean, Tua played not well, um, and it's kind of unfair to say now well in terms of three quarters he played he played good right he had who's efficient who's making deep deep throws he's making the right reads and the fourth quarter everything went downhill made two you know i i heard the interview is two bad throws right on his end and then some miscommunication that led to another bad throw um so three interceptions for him and now we heard the news today he is in concussion protocol for the second time this year so we do wish Tua well, of course. You know, he's a vital part of this Dolphins team. And hopefully he gets better as those Dolphins push for that playoff push, right? Nothing but respect for the Miami Miami Dolphins and the work that they've done this year, right? Mike McDaniel talked about him in Journey Million. This team has been an incredible story. And I'm hoping Tua gets well and can get ready to lead that team right in that playoff push. But talking Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, that was an interesting split. Eight carries to nine, and Wilson had the nine to Mostert's eight. And they were efficient. Honestly, they only run the ball 18 times. Seemed like a lot more if you're watching, but they were getting 4.6 an attempt. Why go away from the run? Mike McDaniel was my question. They did have the big play. Jalen Waddle, five of five receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, four for 103. That was really it. I mean, Trent Sherfield was two for 25. Mike Kosicki, one for 24. But otherwise, that was that. Um, we had two. I had two fumbles. Raheem Moster had that fumble that he lost. 
yeah, um, looking through it, we in this one. I mean, I can go through. There's ten to ten, end of one. Packers then score three in the second compared to the Dolphins. They put up a touchdown over them. It was, I mean, they put up ten there, and it was thirteen to twenty at half in that one. And with that, in the second or in the second half, it was that AJ Dillon one yard run with eight minutes to go. I put up that tied the game at twenty. Then the fourth quarter, we just had two field goals. It, it felt like, you know, I know the scoring summary. I'll tell you, 11.45, Crosby had a 28-yarder. And then that 2.02, he had a 26-yarder. I, You know, there's a lot more action in the game than what the scoring summary will tell you, honestly. It was back and forth, right? These just looks like, oh, there's only three scores in the second half. There's a lot more going on than that, I'll tell you that. So I'd, I'd say it was more like that in this one. A lot of action early, some action in the middle, and still a lot of action at the end. But the Packers get the job done. They get that Christmas win that they needed, 26-20. And now they host the Vikings in Week 17. Packers open up as favorites in that one. Keep in mind, they needed everyone who they need to lose. They need the Commanders to lose. They lost. Giants lost. They had the Lions lost. And then Seahawks, they lost. So all four teams, four losses, Packers win. So now we're looking at, they win, they win out, they win the next two games. We have the Commanders lose one game, and they play, they play Dallas still, and they play Cleveland. They play Cleveland and then Dallas. Dallas could be playing for something, and, you know, it's it's looking good. Um, honestly, next week's the the hard week, and plus the Lions, you know, you could they still got to win two weeks in a row. I mean, that's still easier said than done. The NFL. Um, so I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna be too crazy on this and say Packers are in the playoffs. Cause come on, um, I did mention on Journey Million, I did originally say 20 percent before this game. I shouldn't have. Um, I, I ended up I literally right after I said 20 percent, I went down to 15 ish percent, but. I was banking on those teams losing, but now that those teams lost, I'll move it. My my playoff prediction or playoff odds for the Packers, I'll say they got roughly you know twenty percent. I'll go back to where I started to twenty five percent. I think that's a fair spot to put because with an um, you know, it's likely that the Browns or the Cowboys could beat the Commanders, but is it how likely is it that? Packers win against Minnesota and Detroit throughout the, the year. That's where right, you know, things can happen. I'd say 20-25% is a likely neighborhood to put that probability at, but I'm hoping for it, as many are, right? And going through some announcements here now before we wrap up, because that's all I got. You know, We'll talk the Packer preview against the Vikings. That's the journey a million, which will be you know, transitions right into my announcements. Roughly around 3 o'clock tomorrow, you can expect Journey to a Million. Uh, hopefully we can have all three of us here. Otherwise, it'll just be it'll just be Zach, or, Zach and I or Jared and I on that one. We'll be talking through the usual anything goes there in terms of football. right? We'll be talking, you know, last week we were talking about Justin Herbert. We, we've talked about, we'll, we talk about, right, the 49ers. We'll talk, you know, we talked about fantasy football last week. Just anything football, 
right? If you're if you want football, you go to Journey to Million, you'll get it all. We're actually also talking about head coaches. You know, we we're talking about Packer playoff hopes on top of it, but we were just talking about, you know, how much blame do you put on a head coach? I mean, what you know, we we went through that question. We talked about, you know, ways to assess, you know, how much level we talked about some coaches in particular and just some of our predictions on top of that. So when I say anything football goes, you know, you'll you'll hear it all there. You'll hear a lot of different football topics, and we really try to provide that in-depth, unique insight you'll get on that. But otherwise, you might have noticed Drew's basketball crew is moving around. It's it's getting flexed. When I say it's getting flexed, I, I'm trying to move it around now. Where When there's a big slate, there's an exciting slate. I want to make sure I, you know, I provide it. So if you want to listen and prepare for the big slate, right? I mean, Nicole Jokic was the biggest, uh, the biggest performance yesterday, and I had him in the lineup. We had him, which many have, right? I mean, he was one of the highest players in terms of salary on there. But point is, the goal is to provide a winning lineup on Fantasia Sports, and you'll get that winning lineup if you tune in there on Drew's Basketball Crew. And when I say I'm, I'm trying to give that notice, it'll be more around Friday, Saturday now these days. I think we're going to do the December 30th or New Year's slate or New Year's Eve slate or New Year's Day. Um, one of those three. I'll keep you posted on that, though. And of course, there's College Athlete Spotlight. That'll be back when, you know, it'll be back the week. The spring semester starts for college, right? I want to make sure the college athletes are all back at school and it makes it easier for myself included to conduct those interviews, right? When When they're all in season and in a routine base. So that's why you're not going to be seeing that the next three weeks here. We do have like seven or eight episodes left of that as well. So keep that one in mind. And that's going to wrap it up here for myself, Drew Skyberg. But first I did not forget. I have that giveaway. <laughs> um, I'm going to be running through it here. We're going to press through it three times on the random number generator. I want to thank everyone again going through it I knew I had in the announcements I did not I did not forget all right three times here I'm gonna run through all right I got number one I got number two and then number three number three is the number five on here and looking at it on the spreadsheet the winner is Mikey Yohannik congratulations Mikey Yohannik you have one giveaway, number one. I will be in contact with you on that. Thank you, Mikey, for your support, and thank you to everyone who entered this giveaway. I truly appreciate it. I do have one more giveaway, though, coming up. If you did not win, unfortunate. I I do have one more, and, num- and the last one will be involving five-star reviews on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. If you do both. You get double entries. If you can only do one, I apologize. You get that one entry. So you see my thing, one entry on that. Um, otherwise, you get two, two entries. And that, you know, that's that's the game plan. Hopefully, you can be a winner on that giveaway. And again, at Drew Sports Crew is where you can send that all in. Find me there at Drew Skyberg on top of that as well. But that's going to wrap it up here for myself, Drew Skyberg, on this Monday night. Thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew's Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.